It is August 2nd, 2021, and this is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark Timcast. Hello, Welcome gentlemen. back, man. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. Well, I'd have more time Cheers. power. I don't know how I like this. <laughs> being, Maybe he just heard being, last week and is like, oh, I got to get being back. Being usurped <laughs> one weekend. I didn't even make it a fortnight, and here we are. <laughs> well, it's, fortnight is uh, apparently a, a disease among soccer players, if you ask uh, Jose Mourinho. And it's a disease among our youth. So, yeah. It is uh, a disease among our youth. And that and Roblox. Which is publicly traded now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for. I'm just uh... going to fix it so everybody gets what they really <laughs> came for. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, ladies. Here's man. to fatherhood. Cheers. Here's to fatherhood. Absolutely. Oh. Mm. I don't even know what to talk about anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, get me off of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Get me off of the oh, screen. Man. So how's it feel? One weekend? Yeah, it feels it feels pretty pretty damn amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it other than just I'm just taking in all the all the chest puddle cuddles that I'm getting from that little that little newborn, and then uh, yeah, I'm not even like sweating the <laughs> the nights and early mornings or whatever. It's just it's been pretty amazing. So I that's awesome. I could not be happier. So it's amazing how the body adapts to sleep deprivation. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's yeah, you just keep going. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But it's, I feel, I was thinking it would be like being back in college and doing like all nighters and stuff, but it's definitely different. (laughs) It's definitely not the same. Yeah, now it's like being back in college, plus you have a baby and you're like, what, mid 30s? Yeah. And you yeah. don't get to set the alarms. The alarms set you now. <laughs> yeah, it's like Angie, Angie and I are like, well, what do we even need to set the alarms? Because we hear the little boo. It's immediately yeah. like you're up on your feet. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird what used to not wake me up. And then, yeah, helicopter dad inbound. Have you have you noticed your reactions have gotten quicker? I think so. And I also think I'm more alert driving now. <laughs> I noticed that on the way back from the hospital. I'm just like, I I feel like Bradley Cooper and Invincible. Like or not Invincible. What was the movie? Uh is it Invincible? No, what was it called? That's, no, that's it was the, the Stars Born. That's the um Limit. No, Stars Born. <laughs> yeah. Stars Born, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. I feel like a drug addict. (laughs) Going 30 down the interstate. Yeah, going 30 down the interstate, probably pissing everybody in Atlanta off. No, yeah, yeah. it's it's good to be back. Thank you guys for uh, holding down the fort and everything. And it was a tough, tough ask, Tim. Real tough ask, but uh, we managed to get through one week (laughs) narrowly, narrowly. 
<laughs> Man, and what a week it was uh, this past weekend, obviously, with the Orlando loss, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet without talking about all the people that are joining us in the trap tonight. A lot of familiar faces here. Elliot Beaven, of course, mentioning that it came home for USA last night by a grown-ass man from Andy Watkins, um, none other than Atlanta's own Miles Robinson scoring the lead. Game winner, Carl Seggy, Kendrick Brock. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming Brittany S. is lurking somewhere there as well as Michelle and some other familiar faces. And then Stephen Perales also joining us. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. However you found us, be sure to like, subscribe, hit that bell icon, and smash that thumbs up icon for the YouTube algorithms. You know what? Thank you like, so much. Yeah. It, no, it, it, it doesn't stop there, Kevin, because – we are still the most rated and I think the highest aggregate score of any of the Atlanta, just tooting, tooting our own horn of any of the Atlanta United podcasts that are of, of the breadth and depth of them on Apple podcasts. We haven't gotten a new review this season and it's, it, it's, and we're still leading. That. We're still leading yeah. the pack without a year, a year without new reviews. We still lead the pack. I don't Pick know. It, we I, could always use more. I know it, we've got new listeners. I know we've got new people tuning in, even though there's less people in the stands. I know there's more people listening. <laughs> yeah. So be sure to leave a rating and review. Did, on iTunes. Yeah. So I don't know. Is it, and I admittedly don't use Apple podcasts. I use pocket cast still. Um, but the, is is the UI clunky now on podcasts where, like versus versus iTunes where it's not as like in your face and like easy to go down and hit the rating know. button? I don't know. I haven't you know I haven't really looked into it. Uh, so do people lately. do people review and rate and review podcasts anymore? I thought that was kind of on Apple iTunes. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, and to be honest, the way these algorithms work, I have no idea if what what worked in the past still works. So yeah. true. True. Be yeah. sure to uh, send us a TikTok. Maybe that'll get us out there a little bit more. Get us a, known a little bit more. Watch us on Reels. Um, we need to. We need to make YouTube Shorts now, and we need to put Shorts up on YouTube of of the podcast. So yes, cool. absolutely, absolutely. Well, work, we can do work, that. Yeah. We do them individually. Just like, hey, I was sitting here doing some work, and I was thinking about Atlanta United. <laughs> <laughs> just flood, flood, flood YouTube. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe I can just say, hey, Atlanta United is. Uh, been turned down by Fonseca. Fonseca. Yeah, I guess that's the latest news, right? <laughs> but I can do it a day after it's already been released. Well, that's everybody. That's that's all of our breaking news, as always. But say, obviously, I knew mm. before it happened. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just i i went i i had to make sure to go around to every single person who was tweeting about Fonseca to let them know that I told them. Uh, before that he was going to turn down the job i mm -hmm. couldn't say sources you heard say, from an inside source you can't say who the source was but you definitely heard it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Totally i understand what's weird is like i uh, so i subscribe to our channel right and i don't i'm not getting notifications i'm not getting emails i'm not getting anything to let that's weird me know that we're going live yeah it's I it's tweeted it out this time. I tweeted yeah. it out this time. Yeah, it's just it. it's a little frustrating. Minor improvements, but improvements nonetheless. Yeah. I felt confident this week. I felt I felt extremely confident that I had this thing under control. And then you showed up and I got all flustered, had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Kevin's first podcast all over again. I had no idea what's going on. <sighs> 
Yeah, so they won't just, give me the control for the rest of the show. Yeah, let's stick no, quiet. you're definitely never gonna get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what do you guys want to talk about first? Should we just jump right into the Orlando match? First of all, no. I know what I want to start with because oh, Kevin Cricket snagged two more points this week with a goal from Joseph and a loss to Orlando. So there's that. Does it make Can you I feel good? Hey, hey, big yep. guy. Big Never guy. Felt that, better. Never does that felt make you better. does that make you Never feel good? Are you better. you're like a Vander Kane right now? You're betting against us so that exactly. you used to feel so good. You used know, to feel the, so good the right now. Is I've lost all of my notes and posted. Good. So good. Good. This good. is good. kind of a move. Oh no, there it is. Yes. Dan had 1-1 with Moreno scoring and I had 2-1 Orlando with Joseph scoring. What a goal it was, though, by Joseph. I thought the game was in the bag coming out and scoring like that out the game. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I, I thought it was, too. I was like, oh, the king is back. And then uh, Orlando just committed patricide for the rest of the game. Well, not really the rest of the game. The last 10 minutes, maybe. But the rest of the game, I mean, it wasn't. They definitely had shots on goal. <laughs> I'm not saying that it wasn't. It, it wasn't an easy 90 minutes but no it wasn't I mean, easy. It was atlanta was and especially once atlanta scored that second goal atlanta was sort of in control there for a minute and then quickly just fell apart in those last 10 minutes as we've seen them do what is this the third or fourth time this season now that atlanta's given up a lead in the final 10 minutes not I only even... not not only the lead but not not conceding to to settle for a draw this time but just Full full on loss. I didn't even think about that, honestly, during that match. That's yeah, you're right though. The fucking Philly game and the Nashville game at home. That's exactly what just happened. Um, it's weird, like it's same same deal though, right? I feel like every time I like I felt like we were doing well for a lot of the a lot of the Orlando match. And then next thing you know, like if you look down and look back up, they countered and they were in our they were in our box. Like our inability to check their counterattack was I, I think what lost us the game. It's I felt like our midfield was kind of non-existent for a lot of um, yeah. for a lot of the match. Yeah, I definitely feel like the first half. I thought Moreno played a great first half, uh, and then he got that an actual Galazzo. Uh, but then I feel like in the second half he was almost non-existent apart from the goal. Um, I think in the second half I w- I feel more disappointed with this result than I did the past two. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I felt like at the end, in the second half, I, I felt like guys would just didn't have the legs, were kind of just given up, especially on the, I believe it was two of their goals, um, the second and the, the third, they were just running through yeah. our defense, carving us up. Um, it felt like every time we would spring a counter or try and get some movement towards their goal, it would just get intercepted. I mean, there were some awful passes. We still passed. I mean, we still passed at 85%, but it was just like they would give up a pass in the middle of the field and they would jump on it. So they just made us pay for for every single mistake that we made. Uh, and, I mean, I was really impressed with, with Orlando, uh, unfortunately. I thought we did well against Chris Mueller, but then when they brought on Van der he would he just... I mean, that sub just turned the game into to their control. Yeah, I mean, the thing 
that was most promising for me was it seemed like this at the Atlanta team was starting to at least take some chances from outside the box, which we had talked about in those last two results, right? Where they were getting a little too cute inside the top of the 18 with a box full of defenders and no one actually taking a shot. We've seen this time and time again with this team that all of a sudden just get stuck in quicksand anytime they get around the edge of the 18 yard box. And so to see two really quality goals come from just on the edge of the box was a promising trend that I hope to see continue. I don't expect to see goals pouring in from that range, but at least it's creating some opportunities and some things that we haven't really seen consistency for the consistently for the team throughout this season. Well, that's what I've been frustrated about the last two games. I mean, we had so many shots on goal, we just couldn't get anything out of it. Right. Uh, well, I mean, that, that's not fair. We guess we did score two against Cincy, but no, we scored one against Cincy. But then, you know, all the shots against Columbus and the promising play, and it just never got and just never came to any fruition. So I really thought that, you know, we could really do something, especially when I mean I was pessimistic going in, but when Joseph scored that goal, I was like, okay, this could right. be on. Thank right. God. You've got some uh, but, momentum early. Yeah. You can lock it down and and play that momentum. And it wasn't, yeah, it, it was sort of short-lived. I I didn't realize, it felt like Atlanta, you're right, Dan. I mean, Moreno definitely had a standout first half and, and waned in the second. But just looking through some of the stats on number of shots, number of shots on goal for Atlanta, I mean, it seemed like Atlanta created more opportunities than six shots with only three on target. That's pretty disappointing whenever we were just sitting here talking last week about how they were putting up double digits against both Columbus and Cincy just the week prior, you know? Yeah. It was like 19 and 22. And now we get six. We get six this week to their 15. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Pretty abysmal. Uh, Got to, got to shout out Jay Henneball. Henneball. Pinball, first live broadcast. What did I miss? Man, you've missed about 156 shows. Good to have you here. Glad <laughs> to see you in the trap. Make it, make it a regular occurrence for sure. Absolutely. Is there another new name, Brent Crawford? I haven't. No, Brent Crawford's been in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before, oh, sorry, yeah. Brent. I'm just not very observant. Uh, yeah, I agree with Brent. When they scored the second, I felt sure we would lose. They completely outplayed us. I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. Um. Yeah, I don't know, and it's scary too. The fact that we we lost that match and gave up that you know we lost points after or without Daryl DK on the field too. So yeah, and that was what was so promising to me, right? Like Dan had me a little more nervous last week whenever we were talking about the lineup and who was going to be in their rotation and who there was who they were going to have. And they're obviously uh, expecting no DK in that lineup, but also with a, a goalkeeper getting his first MLS start, you know, I didn't see that coming going into that match. And so seeing that, seeing Joseph come out and light one up early on, I was like, oh man, sit back and get ready because this is going to definitely go Atlanta's way. And just a really, really disappointing result. Again, just to see it fall apart in the last 10 minutes, I think is the most disappointing aspect of that entire match for me. So let's talk. Uh, I was going to say, talk lineup that first goal, though. Um, one of the things that 
stood out to me whenever the score sheet or the lineup sheet was introduced is like we, we had no idea who was probably going to be playing anywhere right like yeah, it was they just put them in numerical order or something I think, they, I, I think they did i was like this is an amorphous i think i called it that an amorphous blob of a lineup we have no idea outside of alec can where people are really playing and then but i figured with the with hernandez and mike ambrose being in the match that Lennon was going to be deployed as a dedicated winger. And that seemed to be to our benefit very early on. Um, seeing that service that he provided on that, that goal that Joseph scored in the first minute of the game. Yeah. I mean, they just shut, I mean, Ruan, I think it, he's played the best game I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, I've ever seen, I've ever seen him <laughs> play. Um, he, I mean, he just destroyed us on the wing. Hernandez had, I mean, Lopez was almost non-existent. Hernandez, wasn't there either, and Ruan just abused him match long. Uh, yeah, there was no communication, it seemed, or lack of communication between Walks and, and Franco. Um, I think that's just, you know, because Walks and Franco have been pretty decent the past two games since Miles has been on duty. Um, so um, there was something weird there. Uh, Sosa seemed out of sorts, and Ambrose was just, he wasn't good. Ambrose yeah, wasn't good yeah. at all. No. So that's one. That's three players who were not great. And then, of course, Lennon went off injured. Um, Do we have any update on that? I haven't seen anything. Unless anybody in the trap uh, knows anything, I do not. And then I think, uh, what do we, sub Lopez for Chol to try and just tighten things up? Or did Chol come on for Lennon? Uh, but it, it just wasn't enough. Um, I love Chol. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's a young kid, just like Lopez is a young kid. I think they're both 19. Um, but it's they've just got a lot of growth to do. Uh, Lopez's stats, I was, trying, I was trying to look to see, okay, is there anything that, positive that I can take from yeah. Lopez's past performances? And I'm like, I mean, he's getting like an interception one per match, which is in like the 70th percentile, but this just doesn't seem to be much there. I mean, he's had a few chances. I think he scored one goal this whole season. Um, not always starting. I mean, he's not playing 90 minutes, but it's just I'm hoping that it's just a function of he needing him needing experience and coaching and maybe next year he can be better but what i've seen is not great so apparently brooks lennon mulraney and ibarra will not be available for the montreal game but uh obviously robinson bellow and goose will be available for selection for that match and barco we expect to be back as well so he trained today from what uh, Rob was saying that's all from Doug Robinson on AJC earlier yeah. today. So I mean, I don't know if we we shouldn't expect the Gold Cup trio to come. Well, maybe Guzan to come back into the lineup, but the other two we shouldn't expect them probably to get no. inserted into the starting lineup on a short week, right? Like no, Josh I would expect Guzan, like you're saying, he hasn't really done much on his absence. No. So yeah, so we'll see. Um, well, I mean, that brings to question: what you're going to roll with Mikey again? No, I honestly, well, I guess it really depends, right? It depends on whether or not Brooks Lennon is, or you said he's not available for Wednesday. So fuck, what do we do? What, what so do we do? We do we, you play Robinson. 
<laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right. I, or we deploy back three with Alan Franco, um, Walks, Walks and, and Hernandez. Campbell, maybe. Or Campbell. I really, I love what I see out of George Campbell. I think George Campbell is uh, a stud in the making. I think he's going to be a great replacement once Miles Robinson gets shipped off to Europe. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough because <laughs> what? I'm laughing, sorry, I'm laughing at Carl Segge in the trap. He said, I've joked about Andy Carroll before, but that so is something that many we occasions. need. Yeah. A big fella up top who can bully defenders. But I wouldn't necessarily say we need someone like Andy Carroll. I would say some we need someone like Romelu Lukaku or <laughs> Josie Altador or some other big guy, but not Andy Carroll. Yeah. We need Mark Viduca to come out of retirement. We need him to come yeah, out. Oh my yeah. gosh, Mark Viduca. was he Australian? Yeah, he was. He was a fucking wow. bowling ball up there too. He was, he was a big bully. Um, anyway, like I don't know what you do. I don't know if you can deploy a back four at this point. I you saw how and Pierce uh, Pierce Hicks in the trap saying Ambrose got got destroyed. He absolutely. He, I think he just got exposed in general. Um, who was he up? Was he up against Huan on that side? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What, you're going up against arguably. Oh no, no, no. He was up uh Huan was against um um oh my gosh, Hernandez. Who was on the who was the right winger that was going up against uh Michelle? But but he also had um uh, see Smith. Kyle Smith played a great game as well. He got there hmm. was it the first goal or the second goal. It was a beautiful header, diving header. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, he he played lights out. Um and uh, just when Lennon off Ambrose just didn't have anything to go on. Yeah. It's, but it's tough, man. Like I don't, Kevin, what do you do? What do you do with that back line on Wednesday on short rest for everybody, let alone a team that's traveling back from Vegas after ugh, going to the club on, on a Sunday night on a late, late Sunday night after uh, an exhausting game with uh, so Mexico. If I'm not mistaken, we've seen, We've seen Lopez more. I mean, we've seen him over on that right side in the past, right? I mean, that's not unheard of for him to be over there with Lennon being out. Um, I'm just trying to work from the top back to see because, and then maybe with Barco back, you put him over on the left. You get rid of Eric Lopez, right? Like he needs to sit for a while. He maybe needs some games with the twos, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to have somebody over on the right. Uh, I mean, Hosetu is obviously back now. Um, so that gives you Chol. something. Yeah, I guess Chol over there is probably more likely. So so up top, you've got Joseph. And then you've got Barco on left, Moreno in the middle, and Chol on right. Then your midfield – Sosa and Hosetu, maybe it's Sadich, depending on how that works. And then your back line, you know, maybe it's Hosetu and Sadich. Maybe it's like a, a mid three. Like it's Sosa in the center. And then you've got Hosetu and Sadich in there as well. And then you go with the back three, like you're saying, Tim, because Sosa's can drop back to make that a back four. Um, that's that's what I think. I think Ambrose is too much of a liability, but I think those are potentially the people that you have in yeah. there. Makes it really defensive. I would say, I mean, if you go with, 
like I'm I'm willing to give Walks and Franco another run out, but it's like it's the winger, the wingbacks. What do you do? Do now you put you have three? Do you, put, do you put Conway in there instead of Machope? Maybe. I think I've liked what I've seen out of him a little bit more than what I've seen out of Machope. I just honestly. don't know. Yeah, I just don't know what we expect with him playing on the wing. Unless exactly. you unless you deploy some sort of staggered uh yeah. staggered two striker uh formation. I don't but know. Also, I mean Dam's in the lineup and he's certainly played that wing position. Maybe that's what we end up seeing, honestly. Maybe he's over there on that right wing position. Yeah, that's what was happening early in the season. Yeah, just damn I know nobody wants to see it. So but... I think Joe Patrick uh on Twitter was saying it's concerning that Dam was on the bench and the coach elected to sub in Chol instead yeah. of Dam. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I like what Carl Sagi's saying. Can we play Miles up top more goals that, than anyone else? You know, between him and uh, Walks up top, I think that's how we really win the, on the back half of the season. Walks has got more goals than Barco and Miles Robinson coming off of a Gold Cup uh, stunner. So yeah, yeah. Flip the lineup. <laughs> it's just completely yeah, exactly. flip, the, flip the formation. Exactly. Yeah. So can I completely <laughs> Play interject? A back three of Joseph Barco and Moreno. <laughs> can I completely interject on something very random? Um, so me and my kids went to the uh, Columbus game, and uh, some t- you can take a picture of yourself and post it on Twitter with the hashtag, and. Um, get it shown up on the stadium and my son was really impressed that we did that and Alani United liked the tweet. So <laughs> we're basically famous. Basically so, famous. Nice. I agree. You know, I agree. we just wanted I just wanted to let everybody know. Don't let it get to your head though, Dan. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it go to your head. Like and don't read the negative comment. Just don't just stay out of the comment section. <laughs> yeah. It'll only do harm to your mental state. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, don't, sorry. Don't read the um, comments, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so damn I mean, yeah, Elliot Beaven saying damn on the bench. Brittany is saying damn doesn't exist, lol. It's just like Kubo Torres. He doesn't exist. He's a warm body who you can put in there, but it's like subbing in. No, I think Kevin would be a better sub, uh, like subbing in me or, you know, um, Coach B. It. Well, he's probably better as well. Yeah, I don't know. So you mentioned the you, – you go into the Columbus game, so I'm going to deviate a little bit more because I got some breaking news <laughs> among our ranks this this week and it's a little bit like what we were talking about last week even though i think it's a little different considering the circumstances particularly right now but um in regards to season ticket holders i heard that there will be some positions on the wait list that'll get filled going into next season tim yeah. would you care to elaborate yeah. yeah angie and i are no longer season ticket holders so wow yeah, we canceled our season tickets today with a day to Interesting. go. Interesting. Yeah, it's I mean a number of factors, right? Like we uh, we upgraded our tickets before last season. Our anniversary trip for our first wedding anniversary was that f- yeah, first wedding anniversary fell on the weekend of the first home game, so we sold those tickets. Never got to use the tickets. Never once got to sit in those seats. Between COVID and having a newborn and then 
not knowing where things are going now um, and not being able to get to games. It just didn't make sense. And to be honest, I don't know. I know that they're probably two happy people that are going to be um, elated to get off of the wait list and get on to or get into our seats. But um, I can't imagine in a couple of years if we decide that we want to do, I don't know. I doubt we'll want to go back to season tickets. What we've talked about though is just spending a little extra money a couple times a year, getting really nice seats and then just like making a date night or a date out of it yeah. and going to the games that way instead of, you know, it's, yeah, and it, it's just a nice, it's kind of a weight off our, our backs. I mean, we're obviously, we still love the team. We're founding members, uh, right. season ticket holders. Um, but at the same time, you just have to balance certain things. And like, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, you see all the stuff that's going on with COVID uh, right now and it's, I, I, you don't know what's going to happen in the future either. So, yeah. I mean, I've seen people take newborns to games. I mean, props to them, but y- you ain't going to have time, mate. You, <laughs> oh. it's, I mean, that's one thing I, I mean, I'm, I wish I did have season tickets, but the reality is, I wouldn't be able to use them most of the time. So it's going to be just another expense that you're paying for that you're not actually going to be using unless, you know, you're spending all that time or see if I can get someone to either fill them for free or can I actually sell them? It doesn't seem many people are, are snapping up tickets right now. So yeah. Resale market is, is not easy. It's, it's not what it was <laughs> two years ago. I can just well, tell yeah, you that. that and, yeah. and that's what we were talking about last week was I think that the interest remains for the core fan base of this team, the people that tune into this show that, you know, tweet about the team and follow the, the team week in and week out. But I think that the, the casual fan base has all but disappeared for this team at this point. And, and that's, it's really, really evident in ticket resales right now that you can, and also just the the optics of what the stadium looks like uh, on TV. You know, it's not for a lack of interest that that core fan base has, but ultimately, um, when circumstances outside of the team, like COVID, life circumstances, like you're talking about, Tim, compiled with what's happened around the team and what's happening on the field and everything else. It's hard not to kind of take a look and really evaluate. And as this stuff progresses, you know, to Darren Neal's point about they've got to get it right with this next signing. Like I'm not saying it's right now, but they're going to be in dire straits in the next year, two years. If this trend continues and this interest continues to wane, because the next step is that the, core fan base is going to start to lose interest because other things are going to come along that are going to be more exciting and worth people's time more. Unfortunately, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's definitely bittersweet to like fill out that form today, but I don't know. Hopefully there's going to be two people that are just as rabid to get in the, uh, yeah to get in those seats. I don't know. We'll see if, we'll see if that wait, like, what was the wait list was like three years or something like that. Or I don't know. There's I, like, I, I don't know if it's going to be like that now. I mean, yeah. honestly, I don't because I, I think that a lot of people got out last year to begin with, with all the Frank divorce stuff. And then, you know, there was a lot of people on Twitter that I saw last year getting out. And I can only imagine after a second year with COVID and all that, people are just, 
sitting here going, what is, what's my body going towards at a certain point? It's, again, at a certain point, it's not even about the interest in the team. It's interest in what your money's going towards and what you're getting out of it. And at this point, you know, you don't have that fallback plan of like, I've spent this money. If something comes up, I can at least make some sort of transaction in a resale market to just break even. Like now you're either having to just sit on those tickets or sell them at a really big loss, which is unfortunate. And I've never been a big proponent of people that have been selling their tickets for massive markups. But um, at a certain point, if there's zero market there for any tickets, that's, that's an issue. Yeah. Well, uh, there's always seat geek fees. They will screw you over every single time. <laughs> yeah. And Ticketmaster. The one yeah, actually. Yeah. I um I will say I will be excited to not have to have two different Ticketmaster accounts now. Um <laughs> I, I had to have two separate ones for some reason for the I don't remember why it's so long ago now, but um Jay Hannibal, I, I'm not sure Hannibal. Hannibal, I'm not sure he's uh of his question. Maybe you guys uh, and the trap could help, but he's asking if we think any supporter se- section seats will become available for next year's season that I don't know. I will say it seems like that's the section that's still constantly filled out. Uh, oh, absolutely. So again, I, I think the I core fan base remains yeah. intact. It's everything outside of that, that seems to be changing and, and I don't know where it's headed, man. I really don't. And right. I, I, I hope for, I want this team to stay alive. We're obviously here for the long haul and we'll continue to watch games and, and show up to do this show um, with the people that are, care about it as much as we do. But um, it's, it's a little disheartening, man. And, and, and to that point, Tim, I, I think that it's certainly the, the right decision for you guys and your family. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, I, I dropped a season ticket on my, I had three and I gave one up because it's same deal. Like it's, it's at this point now where it's like, I can't go to games half the time anyway um, because of everything going on and, and life events. And then that compiled with the fact that if I can't go or take a friend that those tickets just sit in my account, it's, it's disheartening. So yeah, going into next year, that'll get reduced as well. Yeah, so, and then there's people online that can just, you know, call you. Oh, you're not a real fan. Oh, of you course. Know, if you of can't, course. If you can't use your tickets, oh, look at you. You're Atlanta, Atlanta United fans giving up your season tickets. Yeah. Why'd you make it five years? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I mean, life is life. Family of family. Yeah. Situations yeah. of situations. And economic, you know, decisions are more than just fandom. I mean, if... If fandom ruled everything, I would spend barely any time with my family and have no money because it would always go to Atlanta United stuff. And then what sort of actual person does that make me? It makes me a complete arsehole. So, right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Well, the team also doesn't make – this whole Sinclair group hasn't helped (laughs) – we talked about this last week too. It hasn't helped any of this situation Mm -hmm. because it's created this barrier to any sort of visual appeal outside of being in the stadium. And so people forget, you know, because they can't tune in live without jumping through a dozen hoops to be able to watch the match. Luckily, this past weekend was on ESPN, which was nice, but – Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has been nice. We have had a like a slew of nationally televised games the past few weeks. So, yeah, it's um, so we had some kind of breaking news happen as we were getting uh, breaking as we were getting uh, going. Price in. 
Yeah, Jason Christ um, <laughs> announced his head coach for Fuck off. Lenny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's a video, a video of Resurgence greeting Jason Christ at, <laughs> at Hartsfield Jackson Airport right now. Um, They've got with tomatoes. Say, oh, they're they're oh, throwing tomatoes at him. Uh, oh no! Good. <laughs> signs call, signs saying Jesus Christ. um but from a coaching standpoint we had a couple things come out today right so like i think people in the trap were asking about whether or not um there's any managerial news and it looks like we kind of talked about it for a split second earlier where um fonseca paula fonseca from who recently coached uh roma and shakhtar and those fun teams with all those brazilian kids um yeah, he turned down um, the job after um, after a nice steak dinner at uh, Rathbun's. I don't know where they went. Does anybody know where they went? Where Darren Eels Logan's. Logan. Oh, oh, I did. See Nobody's peanuts. gonna expect Logan's. Man. I saw peanuts on the floor. <laughs> Logan's. Exactly. No, they you just gotta like, follow the trail of peanut shells. They had was, nice dish, tablecloths and yeah. things. It wasn't Logan's. It was. It, was it wasn't a wall full of shit. Just. Hung on, you know. It was just, hey, it buddy, was... I like Logan's. Okay, I like my peanuts on the table, on the floor, in my seat. I want to pick shells out of my teeth for the rest of the night, so I get a nice nutty afterbirth with my steak at dinner. I am a horrible, horrible <laughs> asshole steak snob. So I've tried Logan's steak, and it's garbage. <laughs> What's the best steak you've ever had, Dan? so i so have you been to uh the best steak i've had has probably been at mckendrick's in dunway which oh, yeah. is a real right it's Sandy, a real it's stuffy Springs. place yeah it's, it's a stuffy Springs, place right? yeah. and it's like uh really expensive and i've only been there twice in my life but man it's a you're really awesome you're really selling it stuffy yeah, really expensive yeah. Well, like you go to somewhere like Little Alley's, which also does a great steak, but there's great atmosphere. I mean, it's nice, bougie, beautiful cocktails, tons of scotch, bourbon, you know. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm just up for a nice, salty, melt-in-your-mouth steak. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, if you ever get up to uh, Indianapolis, that's probably the – I know you're not asking me, but St. Elmo's in downtown Indianapolis, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. But that was pre gout. So, um, anyway, um, so as we were getting, yeah, it's going to really suck for, for my bachelor weekend. It's just (laughs) fucking salad and grilled tuna. No chicken. (laughs) We can eat chicken. No. Uh, well you should go to monkey 68 then Kevin. Have you been there? (laughs) No. Oh, best sushi restaurant I've ever been to in Roswell. Really? Absolutely. Hands down. Hmm. Um, Sam stage call of the athletic reporting that Atlanta United has reached out to Seattle Sounders to request permission to interview Gonzalo Pineda, uh, assistant coach to, um, guy with the glasses. Uh, my brain's broken. Brian, uh, what's Stephen his name? Bach. Brian, the Seattle Sounders manager. What, why is my brain? Brian Schmetzer? Brian Schmetzer. Yeah. He's one of his, um, since 2017, he's been, um, an assistant with them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? MLS experience coming from a, a, a absolute powerhouse. Matter. He, did he just turn it down? No, no, no. 
Yeah, oh, I, sorry, I lost the plot there. <laughs> yeah, no. Fonseca, Fonseca turned down the job, which I think gotcha. a lot of people expected because, yeah. you know, going from Roma to almost taking the Tottenham job to coming to Atlanta seems weird. But Gonzalo, he's going to regret yeah. it. He's going to regret it. I was kind yeah. of looking forward to that one. I thought he could actually do something with uh, with Barco Almeida and uh, Moreno, but never mind. Yeah. Dan, how do you feel about Gonzalo Pineda? I don't know all that much about him. I mean, I know Seattle is a very well-run organization. They're constantly putting together championship contending teams. Uh, I don't think they've ever had a down year. Um, so you've got like some picking, and he had been talked about a, before Heinzer that he may be a potential candidate. I think it could be something about it to me is, and this is very unscientific and unstats worthy, but something about it feels very good. Um, I think, you know, if, if you can just make, cause Seattle just makes stuff work, you know, they just, it's kind of like the Patriots. They just do their job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unfortunately I don't know what to tell you. I can't, I don't know what, how to separate Schmetz's work and Pineda's work at Seattle. Uh, all I know is collectively they've done something very well uh, for for an extended period of time, and one of the and one of the things that does excite me about it is because they've changed so much since he started. Is a lot of people say just burn it all down for Atlanta United, you know, fire all the front office, get the players out, get new players in. Yep, you have my attention. It's not. Re- it's not. <laughs> it's not realistic to do that because we are going even if we get better at some point we're going to be in this situation again and we're going to need to draw on the experience of pulling ourselves out of a muddy situation that is not a clean slate that you can pick and choose and make difficult decisions have uncomfortable conversations with people that you can actually navigate a more complicated landscape than just having a clean scape, clean slate. So I'm, I'm, it's interesting. I, I'm manscaped. So it's interesting to, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to obviously dig into this a, a lot more and see what um, it can do. <laughs> so funny, my kid went back to school today and my me and my wife were taking a photograph oh. of him going back to school to start third grade. And um she, she was, I was like, hey, I'll get in the picture with him. She's like, yeah, 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 give him, put your arm around him. And then she was like, oh, you're wearing your Manscaped T-shirt. It says, also, thank you. And she's like, you can't be in the picture. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we have no idea if that code still works. Give it a shot, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Happy birthday at Manscaped.com. Definitely doesn't. Yeah. Um, you would think, though. I mean, Elliot even saying he's the Arteta of MLS. I would, I would hope that um, Dom Dome Tarant would be the Arteta of MLS because, you know, he came off of Pep's bench too. But um, yeah, you would think it would be hand in glove type situation, right? Because assistants come and go. You look at, I don't know. You look at guys who have long tenures with their head coaches, and it seems like, I don't know. The, like my from my experience, like Pepe and Linders from from Liverpool, he's been Jurgen Klopp's guy for so long, and and I think he would probably do a great job elsewhere if somebody was to, to poach him. And I think so much of it is like how how I think the assistants do a lot 
a lot more than we give them credit for. And I think they might actually do more like minute Look or like more every, hands-on coaching than, than the actual every manager company does. in the, in, I mean, everybody that works in a, in a corporate environment knows that it's never the, the top person that's doing the actual work, right? Like the figurehead is never, I mean, they're working, don't get me wrong. And they're mentoring and they're, they're leading the organization in some sense, but the, the people doing the work are typically that second to third role underneath that principal or whoever it may be more times than not. And that's, I think that that's true in business just as much as it is in sports. And I think that that's why you see so many assistant coaches, not just in soccer, but in football too, that end up ascending into that coaching role and making waves in being able to take what worked for their predecessor and adapting it to their personality and their style to make it their own, you know? Yeah. But do we end up with a Kirby smart or do we end up with like a, yeah, uh, or like a no, because those are both two good examples of. <laughs> like, yes, which Come on, wanna... it's not Kirby Smart's fault. It's the it's Georgia's fault. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's, so... who's another example of a Saban guy who didn't do well? Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was he, or Chad Kelly? Chad Kelly. Kelly? Yeah, the quarterback from Ole Miss. No. Oh, you mean Chip Kelly? No. Well, Chip Kelly's another good one. Yeah. No, I, my, my brain goes to basketball and like the Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian? the Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich coaches that come up from under his wing. And that's pretty hit or miss. It seems like so Lane Kiffin. uh, There's one. Yeah. Um, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. So here, all right, I've got a little bit of something here. So just some background on him. So after, after he retired, after his 13 year professional career, he, um, took a one-year hiatus and then went to Seattle as assistant coach in 17. Um, he was 38 at the time, so that makes him 43. Someone check my math. Um, so playing career included over 200 appearances with Mexico from 2002 to 13 before two successful seasons in MLS. Uh, Pineda joined Seattle Sounders prior to the 2014 season, making 56 league appearances over two seasons and recording four goals and nine assists. This is all from soundersfc.com. So he played for Seattle. So he's played as a player in MLS. He has national team experience playing for the uh, Mexican national team. He was a central midfielder, began his professional career with Pumas. He spent three seasons and captured the 2004 Liga MX Clasora and Apertura titles. He joined Chivas Guadalajara in 2006, where he made over 100 appearances for three seasons before a separate one-year loan stints with San Luis, Cruz Azul, Puebla, and Cuiataro. Um, he was integral part of the 2014 squad that won the Supporter Shield and the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, but I never thought... I don't think he actually held it for three seasons straight like Atlanta United have. Uh, he was born in Mexico City, earned 44 career caps with the Mexican national team, participated in the 2006 World Cup in Germany. He made four appearances. Uh, he scored one international goal in a loss to Colombia, and then he retired in January 7th in 2016. What's his birthstone? 
January is Diamond? Amethyst? I don't know. Uh, he was a soccer analyst for American Spanish language, so he's multilingual, which is fantastic. I think that really helps us. He's Garnet. Um, Garnet. And good old Garnet's good old, February. Good old University of South Carolina. Uh, but he has become one of the most highly regarded assistant coaches in North America. Really? Um, so he's the top man within MLS assistant coaches uh, out there, I believe. So there you oh. go. There's the download on, on Pineda. He's only 38 still. He's not 43? No. He's 38 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. So it'd be nice to have he's a young my manager. age? Damn. You're 38? Damn. He's not 38. Gross. Seriously? How All right, Gray Bush. Um, I yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg in the trap. Whoa. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. This is, yeah. That's not, that's not a good look. Greg in the trap is saying... Um, a lot of the same guys who failed with Heinze weren't exactly lighting it up with FDB and glass. And he was just saying, uh, it's not simply a manager issue. Yeah. It's, I mean, but then that's why you see so many of these, uh, transfer rumors that are coming through. That's Tiago Almada, just a, another Barco. Right. I don't know. I haven't watched any of the like scout nation. Is it Almada or Almeida? I thought it was Almada. You say Almada. Almada I say Almeida. Potato, t- potato Almeida. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> tomato, potato, tomato, potato. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I haven't watched I, any I, of his footage. I know he's a big. You know, t- there's a big to do about his uh, potential stardom. So, yeah, I think. I think. Did you already talk about for the culture? A lot of the same guys who have failed with hindsight. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you just got to You got to find those. I I think that that's the hardest thing is getting those depth pieces who inevitably have to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love Mikey Ambrose, but I mean, he just doesn't cut it no. as a depth piece here. No. Um, I mean, well, what's crazy I, was under Tata, he was serviceable. Like it's not that he was playing lights out. I don't know if it was just the people around mm-hmm. him being able to make up for it, but that's, it's weird, Dan. Like you mentioned needing to have those depth pieces that can make a difference, but it's like they don't necessarily have to make a difference on an individual level if the collective structure can make up for some of those deficiencies. And maybe that's some of the issues that we're going through this season where the entire system is collapsed at this point and there's just this fragmented lineup of bits and pieces of what that structure was. And there's just so little consistency between injuries and turnover and the coaching staff and everything else that's happened this year, international duty and all of that, that um, those depth pieces, while yes, they've been lacking on a consistent performance level, um, those same pieces, you know, prime example, Mikey Ambrose was around, during the Tata tenure and was a standout guy that we're like, Oh yeah, just, and you know, he's the boy scout, right? Like put him in there. He's at least serviceable. He can get us through. He's not necessarily a liability. And and here we are saying like, let's not start him. It's a liability issue. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's 27 now. So when Tata was here, what was he? 20, 
24, 25. So, I mean, that's a big, that's a big jump. And he was, you know, a down the, yeah. And Tata was always that win now mentality. He wasn't looking to bring guys through. He was like, I need the best guys right. to play right now. And that's right. why he liked Ambrose because he was, you know, like you said, the Boy Scout, he was always ready. I mean, he's not looking to bring and, you know, bring depth through. He needed right. a, he needed right. wins. Right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been through the, I feel, I feel like there is a core of players that we have that we can potentially build around. I think, you know, there's a lot of Deadwood and I think, you know, guys that we've talked about a lot, you know, damn. Um, I mean, we still, I mean, Rosetto's been all right, but we haven't seen the best of him. We're still waiting for that. And now we're in year. I hope, I hope two, that we haven't seen the best of him. Three. <laughs> I yeah. So. I mean, I hope so too. Yeah. But then we've also got a lot of really young guys. I mean, Lopez, Wolf, Mulraney, um, Conway. I mean, we have the third youngest team Bello, in the Miles. league. Yep, Bello. Well, yeah, I mean, that's Maybe thing, Antoine, but... how, how old is Anton Walks at this point? 24? Uh, he is 24, yeah. So he's... he's old so Sosa's yeah. 26, 25? Sosa's 22. Oh, wow. Yeah, again. And Ibarra's said. 20. I mean... We have yeah. a whole ton of young guys, so which which makes me pause on someone like Eric Lopez, who hasn't really shown us anything yet. But I'm like, well, he's 19. Uh, I don't think Jackson Conway's performances over the past recent games have been anything to shout about. Um, so, but he hasn't played. He has has he played since Cincinnati? No, I don't. No, I. He has, I and mean, he has had nowhere near the minutes that that Lopez has, but still he hasn't performed. I mean, he, he had a good chance. opportunity on goal. Oh, absolutely. We need to give him a chance, bro. I mean, that's he's more playtime with the twos. He's not ready yet, doesn't have enough experience under his belt. Yeah, and for the culture, we had a lot of guys like Pogba and Miriam and Tito that that shared, shored up a lot. Yeah, Mo Adams. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, he's out now, but which is yeah. like. Uh, like I brought this up on Twitter the other day and, and maybe these are two guys that I think were maybe pie in the sky for free agents. But the fact that CJ Sapong um, was and Bradley Wright Phillips were both free transfers, both not DP players, both that can come in and score at, you know, off the bench, cover a guy like Joseph Martinez, whenever he's injured or recovering or, has COVID or whatever is training by himself and is black. But that's what black that's ball. what Kubo Torres was supposed to be, right? Like but, a guy but, that's but, got yeah. all these goals in MLS play, and then he comes in and he completely shits the bed and but not, doesn't like, do anything. He hasn't scored shit in like five years. Like I remember yeah. whenever whenever our first season in MLS, he was like a golden boot contender with Houston for like the first half of the season. And then didn't hear from him again for the rest. I feel like Bradley Wright Phillips is the same way, though. Like, he didn't do anything last year. It's been, what, three years for him since he's really done anything of any, like, real significance? Mm, yeah, maybe so. But CJ Sapong, you know, I feel like... Yeah. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like you run such a risk with some of those guys that you get them in there to be exactly like what you're saying, that depth piece. And then they come in and they just don't really do anything for you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean that I mean part part of it is you just don't know what you have until you get them out in a game. Yeah. I mean, Mikey Ambrose 
uh, when he went down to Miami. I think he started a fair few times in Miami. I mean, he'd had good some service. I mean, he was serviceable in Atlanta. So it's like, well, why why don't you pick him up? I think he's on a minimum contract. Um, yeah, I mean, the same reason why we re-signed Kubo Torres. I mean, he's making a minimum. But, I mean, again, he's just a body. He's just a body. I just don't understand why you bring him in. Yeah. You, you're just you're, – you're pissing away opportunities. Right. So – um, Brent Crawford bringing up Joao Pedro, who was also rumored as one of the transfer uh, transfer targets for Atlanta United this when past weekend. When does the weekend? window close? Friday, Thursday, right? Thursday. Do you guys, so if you were if you were to put put money down with sportsbettingdime.com <laughs> to see does Atlanta United pick up a significant transfer this week? Is Car- does Carlos Bocanegra still have a job? <laughs> yes. This, yes, okay, Tim. That's, he that's, still that's, has a job. It's a no for me. That's that's my does a bear shit in the woods. So no, I don't think we bring anybody in other than maybe Tiago Almada. And then how long does he get tied up? Does he have work visa issues? Like how? I don't know. Anyway, that's I don't. So, think we, so Tim's I don't, a I don't, no. I don't think we bring anybody in. Like what? How? So you how don't attract, even think Almada comes in? Well, okay. Sorry. Yes, Almada. I okay. I don't think we bring anybody else in. But we need goal scoring help for fuck's sake. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. Do you think we sell Barco <laughs> no. before Thursday? Fuck, I hope so. For his sake and for my sake. Or my sake. For his sake and our sake. Yeah. Uh, sorry, for the culture, just applauding him. Dimitro's first day should have been today. Yes, it should have been today. Absolutely. So. What do you think? But so hold on, Brent, Brent Crawford brings up a good point. So Cuba was supposed to be third string. Lissandro Lopez was supposed to be the backup. Absolutely, that's a that's a very good point. But now he's gone, and now it's Kubo. But now, now we, we don't have, have a second Conway string. in there. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. I mean, what we haven't had a win in eleven games. I know. We are. What's we the longest could... winless streak in MLS? I don't know. So I, I, I bet it belongs we, to Toronto. But we are okay. Let's um, we we're gonna have to go through the standings right now. I'm gonna pull it up because you guys are we're we're one point from up. we're one point from 14th. We are one point from we're two points from 14th. Oh, one point from and 13th. Chicago's yeah, Miami, who is bottom, have two games in hand, and they just won last weekend, right? And they won last weekend. So they've got, it doesn't matter. They've got two games in hand. They're two points away from us. So they could easily catch us. I mean, we could be at the end of next, at the end of Wednesday, Thursday, we could be bottom of the table. And that's not bottom just, well, that's not true. I mean, that's least we have. No, FC Austin are on 13 points. We could literally be the bottom of the MLS table across the entire league. Yeah, but we get a good draft pick, right? We'll get Trevor Lawrence uh, <laughs> next year. <coughs> Is there any tanking strategy in MLS? Like, I know, like we got you don't get relegated, and I, for one, am very appreciative of that. Yeah, having I mean, experienced so all relegation I see twice. is most losses in a row, which is Metro Stars, which had twelve mm. in '99, but I don't see winless streak. Mm. Maybe T- is Tebow available? 
You think we can convert Tebow to a forward? <laughs> Tim Tebow. <laughs> I mean, he would be that big fella up top that Carl Sagan was talking about, right? He just can't run for shit. He's just a big fella you see, up oh, top. Your I mean, ticket. he would smash some goalkeeper. You sell some season tickets with that, that or get Usain oh. Bolt to come in and play forward? But he gets to use that leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah, man, fuck. It's just I don't know. It's a little depressing, right? I mean, even if we did get the first draft. Oh pick, wait, no, Usain Bolt and who I was thinking of? Who's the dude that's got the the blade the Blade Runner? Who's that dude? Oh, you talking oh, about you talking about the South Brit- African guy who uh, is in went, jail? He's in jail now yeah, for murdering his girlfriend. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember what his name is, and he doesn't deserve repeating. Yeah, don't speak it into existence. No, I mean, even even if we got the first MLS super draft pick, like who was the first pick? Whenever Miles got picked, it was Abu Dunladi, right? It was Minnesota's first overall pick. And what is he? I think is so. He, is he playing well in Nashville right now? Abu Dungani, no. Yeah, he's not even there. Ooh, Danny Ings is a guy that I would break the bank to bring to MLS. I think he would absolutely destroy MLS defenses. But I How think Danny I think you bring Bobby Boswell out of retirement personally. Yeah. <laughs> We've got enough center back depth. Um <laughs> I think that my uh Matt Wisniewski. Yeah. We should sign McFadden if we don't sign anyone besides Almeida. And I agree with that because you want to give Lopez a run for his money. Um, how old is McFadden? I think he's in his 20s. That's, pro- Aiden, I mean, Aiden, Aiden McFadden, Aiden McFadden, who was our super draft pick. So he is 22. I mean, you might as well, if we're not getting anybody in this transfer window, our wingers, they're just not good. So you might as well give him some competition. I mean, I this season for me is lost. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I hope I am proven wrong, and therefore you guys can just drag it out every single time. But we are not making the playoffs. You are kidding yourself if we're going to make it. I know we're only halfway through, but I don't see us getting points off anybody. Kevin, did I say we were going to win the East? <laughs> oh, that's what I'm pulling out. We are officially halfway through the season, so I was just going to recap. Uh, Martinez goals. Nobody said any less than 17. Uh, okay. team Wait, you said 26. Dude, I said 18. You said 17. Tim said 19. Tim point or uh, team points. Tim points. Tim zero. points. Yeah, zero. Tim points <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> team, team points uh the lowest anybody said was me was 63 we are currently sitting at what was that 14? wait how many points did we say i said 63 you said 65 and tim said 69 nice wow. <laughs> well this we was all coming on the 14, uh, halfway through the season this is all uh, coming on the heinz of hype train that we were all well, I mean, I I speak for myself. I was a hundred percent bought into a hundred percent. Hey, wh- how much season? Regular season finish in the East. Tim said first, Dan said second, and I said third. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
You win again, Kevin. You are closest. <laughs> but what if what if we're pulling a Seattle? What if we're pulling a Seattle right now? We bring in Gonzalo Pineda. He knows how to turn a team around and win an MLS Cup after a really shitty start. So then I will eat my words, Tim. You know, if that happens real... and we have a turnaround, I mean, the, I will the eat hot, my words. The hottest race right now in in the vault is goals conceded. Dan said 37. I said 42. Tim says 55. We're currently sitting at 21. So halfway through the season, it's going to be somewhere in that 37 to 55 range. I think. Yeah, I may actually win that one. Um, I don't think we're going to get the points, but the goals, stopping the goals, I think that could. Some of these are so ridiculous. <laughs> Marco goals. Tim said eight. Dan said nine. I said 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh Barco. Where have you been? Awful. Not been playing for Atlanta United. Just awful, man. It's so bad. Fucking Barco, man. Yeah, it's not great. Hey guys, how much does uh Santiago Sosa's unprompted defending of Gabriel Heinze in a press conference throw a wrench into the front office's uh PR campaign? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It I mean it is interesting. I I mean I was always because they talked about the in the um yeah was it felipe's comment where they were talking somebody was talking about how he there's a go-between that they called the uh, mussolini and he wouldn't communicate with the players and then i remember going back and seeing them after games like he would be have his arm around on time walks and be chatting to him uh and it seemed very sort of nonchalant and i think we talked like early on like he was you know, very interested in like people like Brooks Lennon who were yeah. ready for the team. So I don't know. I think I remember like when he, uh, I think we were playing Nashville and Barco was like sulking off with his head, head down yeah. and pulled his head up and said, keep your head up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this, it, it is coming to light. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Heinze was, is given the wrong end of the stick. I feel like there's a lot more to it than we actually know. Agreed. I don't know. I'm not in the know. I don't know like other people know. Put I know. IT just put ITK in your Twitter profile. ITK. Oh, in the it, know. Oh, no. Yeah, in the know. Yeah. I like uh, finger on the pulse. Finger on the pulse. Mm, to the power of Dan. I get it. Dan. So to that point, uh, time for the Dan load. Dan, what you got for us this week as we look ahead to the Montreal match? So Montreal, they've had a bad run of form in the last three games. Uh, They've lost to Miami 2-1, bottom of the table. Uh, They lost to New England 2-1. Well, that's no surprise, but it's a decent scoreline playing New England. Then they lost to New York City. Well, we're going back in time. So I uh, lost to New York City 1-0. Then they and they beat the week previous, they beat Cincinnati 5-4, which was an incredible game. Um and then going back again on the fifth week away, they had a 2-1 win over NYCFC. So they they're kind of all over the place. I was trying to look at how they if there's any sort of pattern in times of play, which they um, concede more, but they're kind of all over the place. Um, they concede a lot more goals in the second half uh, toward, I mean, they, 
in the 45th minute to 60th, so you break in the half up into 15-minute sections, it's 4, 4, and 5. So in the very last half of the game, the last th sixth of the game, I guess, you've led up five goals. Uh, Atlanta United have scored most of their goals in the first 15 minutes or the last 15 minutes. Um, we also have conceded seven goals in the last 15 minutes, which is just awful. Um, we haven't been, I mean, we've kind of been a bogey team for Montreal. I think head to head, we have played in Montreal. We've beaten them once. They've beaten us once in Montreal. And um, that the, no, no, that was draw. the LGP red card, right? When, when we lost, yeah, Jackson scored yeah. that beautiful, insane flick off his heel, which was just ridiculous. Um, head, head, yep. So we've won once. Uh, they have beaten us once, obviously in Stade Saputo. We had a draw there, and then Atlanta United have five wins on them. So we're kind of, we're kind of a bogey team, like I said. However, we're going to be in Montreal this time, which is. Kevin, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a positive. I mean, they're in seventh. We're in 12th, maybe in 14th by the end of it. Um, they score 1.3 goals per match. We have one. Um, they concede 1.25 goals. Uh, they have a lot more clean sheets than we do. So five over our three. Um <sighs> Normally, I think I would say that we could go ahead and win this game if it was in Atlanta. But as it's in Montreal, I mean, those fans have been starved of home games for so long because of COVID. I think they're just going to be more up for it. Um, I think this is going to be a real test for Rob Valentino because, I mean, he's he's surely he's running out of positive things to say right now. Cause I don't know what else you can do. I mean, it's another short week. What we're playing Wednesday, something like that. Yeah. We look tired at the end against Orlando. We tried everything through everything, at the, but the kitchen sink at Cincinnati and Columbus. I honestly don't know how, what else you can say to the team? You've just got to try and man manage and stay positive because nothing that he has tried has worked, even it's even if it has resulted in positive play. So I'm not look. I'm, I mean, I'm not looking forward to this. I think Mason Toy. I mean, he just came back from um, international duty. Uh, that is a insane pickup uh from lafc uh torres jordi mihailovic in the center he's been doing great uh probably uh Wanyanimar in the middle and i think basang and camacho have been the most prevalent on the back line um but other than that i mean i'm probably gonna just chalk this up to like a one nil loss okay uh I i'm 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 I haven't been down on Atlanta this much since now. At least with FDB, we were winning. I uh, didn't think it would get too much worse, but it did. Um, but you know, clubs go through these times, and what 
what doesn't uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I'm going to take the flip side from the last game where you you called the draw and I called the uh, Orlando win. This time you'll call the the Montreal win. I will call the draw on this one. I think it's going to be one one, and I think it's going to be a random goal from Sosa to get the equalizer. Wow. I hope so, Kev. I really hope so. What do you think, Tim? Why are you asking me? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you asking me these things? (laughs) I've got well, why didn't you answer this one, Kim Tim? Who's gonna start in goal? Can Man, I would love for Valentino. He would actually get a vote in my book to keep the manager position full time if he had the balls. <laughs> if, he had the, if he had the balls to put Alec Cannon goal on Wednesday, it's got to be Brad Guzan just because the money he's on. But um, yeah, I, I would take Alec Cannon's shot stopping ability and his reflexes currently over. I think they're way more of a positive than his. Uh, let's just call it what it is right spade a spade his horrid distribution and his yeah. inability to get, <laughs> and, his, and his, his inability to get the ball out of yeah. uh, off of his uh out of his box quickly yeah. but he could shot he could stop a damn shot that's for sure yeah. um yeah i i i don't know i uh, three two atlanta fuck it all right i think who's scoring did you say barco's traveling uh so so that was why i said one one i I'm optimistic that I think that Bello and Miles are going to come back. It's a long shot. I know that they're coming off of this gold cup on a short week and traveling to Montreal, getting back in the club. But I think that they're going to rally behind this Atlanta team that's down on their luck right now. And I think they're going to try to get some play time. I don't know if it's the whole game, if they come into subs or what. I think that's what may make the difference in both of these next two games is getting those guys in. Barco potentially being Barco definitely being in, but those guys potentially being in the lineup. I think that's going to make a big difference on that back line if we can get those guys in for any amount of time. If nothing else, just for morale. Yeah. Um, you need my goal scorers, don't you? Um, yes. Two from Joseph and then one from one from Sadich. Amar Sadich gets a goal up Ooh. against his old, old his old team. I like that one. Um and all right. fried fried bologna sandwiches for everybody. Uh Columbus, Dan, did you do a write up for that or we just want to throw out some uh predictions on that one? Is it it's in Columbus, isn't it? Yes. I didn't do anything. That's fine. That's so I'm a, I'll I'll lead us off. I think Atlanta gets a win and breaks the streak on that one. Uh, I think it's in Columbus in Columbus. I think it's two, one Atlanta with Barco and Joseph scoring two out of the three DPs getting on the score sheet, a full and healthy back line in that Columbus game. I'm more confident in that score prediction than I am in the one against Montreal, especially considering the way that Atlanta attacked Columbus. I know they threw everything at them, but if they throw everything at them this time with the weapons that they've got, the defensive back line that they've got with those players coming back from Gold Cup, I think they've got a much better shot at stealing the win on the road in Columbus. I say 2-1 Atlanta, Barco and Joseph scoring there. 3-0 Columbus. I think we get shellacked up there. You're, you're, they're one of the they're 
I have no confidence we can beat Columbus. So, Tim, that's exactly where my mind was going. If we go to Montreal, so I, whatever. If we go to Montreal and we win, potentially I could see us beating Columbus. If we go to Montreal and draw or lose, I have zero faith that we will beat Columbus in Columbus with all the Zellerion, Darlington, Nagby. Is, is Sapong, Sapong's up in... No, Sapong's in Nashville. Sapong's in Nashville. I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, 2-0 two, two loss. All right. Who, I hope who, I'm wrong, Kev. I hope I hope you're right, Kev. And I, I hope you win. You guys give me so much. You just want to see the team lose. Does it feel good? Are you happy? Are you happy? And then you both pull two nil, three nil, Columbus. Come on, fellas. Dan calls two Atlanta United losses in a row. Nobody says a word. Anyway, here we are. All right. Um, however, you found us. Thank you for finding us. Be sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, Tim, where can they find you at? Find me on Instagram uh, at some point in the future. <laughs> I don't know. At Tim Herb on Instagram. Um, I don't have the I I don't have a Peloton. So I didn't know if there was some baby app, some dad app that you, you can find me on. Now. What to expect? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No man, uh, all the, all, the, all the fucking dad content is so condescending. It's anyway, that's that's another story for another time. All those like <laughs> you're gonna be a dad, dude. It's like okay, all those books. Yeah. All right, Dan, what about you? Peloton barely working up a sweat. Uh, no, you can find me on Peloton at to the power of Dan, and I am freaking sweating my balls off, man. It's it's nothing but a goddamn sauna in here, and. If you're sweating your balls off, keep them nice and trimmed with Manscaped using promo code somebody else's. I don't know who's got one, but listen to another podcast because it ain't here. But they Uh, are waterproof. Or you can find me on Twitter at uh, DNJMS. And you can find me on Twitter and or mostly Instagram at the architect. It's at the underscore ARC number one T-E-C-T. Find all of us and try to guess who's tweeting and when. If it's in the middle of the night, it's probably Tim. If it's something about it's coming home, it's probably Dan. Anything else, it's your boy. Um, find us at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, um, hit that bell icon to get a notification whenever we go live on YouTube. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Vatefair foot means go fuck yourself in French.